Welcome to 100 Centuries, the History Conversations podcast. I'm Connie B. Dowell, and again, Stephen isn't here for this interview um, because we're still in that really busy back-to-school time, but when things are a little less crazy, he'll be back on the podcast. Uh, And for this interview, um, I spoke with author Paul Butler, who has written a historical fiction novel called Hero, set during World War I and during the years after World War I, but mostly dealing with how that war affected the characters' lives as they went on, as well as themes of what does it mean to be a hero and how we think about heroism. So without further ado, I will take you straight to the interview with Paul. Welcome to 100 Centuries. Thank you for being on the podcast. Um, So for um, the recording for listeners later. Um, Paul is the author of um, multiple historical novels. um, And today he's here to talk about um, one in particular called Hero. So um, why don't you take it away, Paul, and tell the listeners um, a little bit about yourself and your book. Okay, yes, Hero is a First World War story. Um, It's uh, it's actually a little bit, it's an unusual take on the First World War because the event that shapes everyone in the story happens on uh, July the 1st, 1916. Um, someone is fated as a hero after um, well, being slight, being injured, uh, uh, an officer. Um, and what actually has really happened is his actions have been misunderstood and misinterpreted. He actually did something very devastating to himself and to his own uh, his own people. He accidentally, um, or in a kind of a panic, ends up killing the brother of his own fiance um, with a bayonet in the fog and confusion of battle. Um, but nobody knows this except him. So when he returns home after after his injury, after he recovers from his own injury that he sustains later. Uh, he has to deal with the fact that everyone thinks of him as a hero, and he is, in fact, anything but in his own eyes. Um, so it's about his, his anger and um, uh, guilt and how this affects succeeding generations. Interesting um, premise. Uh, lots of themes to explore there. And from the the book description on Amazon and Goodreads, it sounds like this is, um, is this primarily about him or is it more of an ensemble cast because there's other voices? The the latter, yes. Um, There there are a number of different people who are drawn into his story. Uh, One of them was his his wife, for instance, who is trying to deal with his fury and his guilt and his shell shock uh, without actually knowing the real causes for it. Um, when she has her own grieving to do, because of course her brother was killed in the in the war, and this man who went out as one thing turns turns up, reemerges in her life as someone completely different. But they still marry and they still have uh, a child together, uh, and uh, th- their life also encompasses the life of a woman from North America. This is set in England. Well, some of it's set in England, some of it's set in North America, who has come from North America, who ends up being, um, uh, serving them, being part of a, being part of their household. And she is looking after um, a young 
their young daughter. And she has a completely different perspective on the whole thing because she is uh, she has been shaped by the war as well. She lost her she lost a couple of brothers, um, and so she, she is at once trying to deal with this highly dysfunctional household, um, bring up a daughter who is really needs protection from a, um, a, a rageaholic father, and. Um, Yes, well, she she has her own things going on. Yes, so and uh, yes, and it it ends up it ends up spanning continents <laughs> because uh, she goes home afterwards, and uh, then deals with her own life choices, and um, as she finds herself um, marrying someone who she has almost nothing in common with because of what is almost a mistaken belief in how he has reacted to the horrors of war. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like a rather sweeping and expansive novel. Um, so you mentioned a lot of it's um, you know, the First World War and the aftermath of that, um, mm -hmm. how it affects the characters. Um, so what drew you to study this period um, in history? Well, I, th I think one of the reasons why we keep coming back to the First World War is part of it is because our lexicon about how we talk about war, how we try to make sense of it, is almost like the way we talk about war was was very much formed in response to what happened in the First World War. Even the language that we tend to use about war um, the sacrifice, the fall, and those kinds of words and phrases um, seem to have been, have come into popular usage um, after the First World War. And we deal with subsequent conflicts um, along that language and using that visiting because we may be a little bit not so satisfied with the language. We feel as though something's been lost, um, and we feel as though the ability to prevent the same thing happening again is compromised because we tend to use language that, not deliberately, uh, but because it is the language that's closest to hand, ends up glorifying the very act we're trying to prevent from happening. So it ends up glorifying more without even meaning to. Um, so uh, that's one of the reasons why the First World War in particular, and actually one day in particular, the first day of the Battle of the Somme, um, July the 1st, 1916, is almost as though that day is in some curious way emblematic of all wars, um, because this is where we, this is how we learn to cope with senseless, slaughter that none of us understand what the reason for it was. Um, so yes, um, it's, it's the most controversial, but the most um, influential at the same time event. Yeah, definitely far reaching um, implications into the future. Um, and a lot of reader interest lately as we've coming up on, you know, yes. 100th anniversary after 100th anniversary. That's um, right, yes and will do for quite some time. Um, so 
Could you share a little bit about um, your research process, if there was anything that was specifically difficult or surprised you or interesting? Well, um, I think um, the research process for this particular one probably went, probably was really a 20 year at least research process because of course I studied it, studied school and studied at university and you just carried on. It was one of my major, it was one of my major um, uh, themes in uh, my uh, degree, which is partly was 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 partly historical in nature. Um, uh, it, so I, I had to research the. I had to research the some of the surprising effects of war. There is um, a study, and I wish I could remember exactly what it was, but uh, where to find it again? I could, given um, given the time. But there are some surprising facts about the First World War in particular, about the the very, the, the, the extraordinarily, surprisingly small proportion of people who actually fired guns. Um, that uh, one of the, the people who were armed, um, the, there's, there's a large number of them never fired a gun. And among that number of people who fired a gun, who did fire a gun, there's a very large number of them who didn't aim it. <laughs> so, and I've been thinking, well, why? This is curious because this is, of course, the kill or be killed um, philosophy of uh, of the um, the master plan was that there was the kill or be killed, and of course, it turns into the live or let live once people are in that situation. Um, so, I think those kinds of themes began to emerge, and I think with the writer of historical novels, I think. For me personally, what you do is you research exhaustively uh, about the period that you think you're going to write about, and certain themes begin to emerge. Once the themes start to emerge, they will turn into a story, and once the story starts to emerge, you stop researching because the story has to start driving your process once you figure out what the story is. So. Um, Anyway, my themes emerging from the research was, I suppose, not, it wasn't so much about the battle. It wasn't so much about what people do or don't do, even in battle, whether that's important, but it was more about people being in this extraordinary circumstance and something in them rebelling. That's what interested me about it. So I'd say if there was a surprise, the surprise came sometime before I had the specific idea of writing hero. And once, um, uh, you know, once I knew what I was going to write about it, the probably the research process would have stopped. Well, good to know. And yeah, that's a, a statistic I hadn't heard specifically to the First World War, but to kind of wars in general that people really just don't want to shoot other people. Yes, <laughs> even yes. when they've been trained to do so. Yeah. Um, so we've talked a little bit about um, the themes in this book. So heroism and exploring that is a big theme. Um, from the book description, there was also a little bit about blackmail and revenge. Um, and that seems, if there's anything you'd like to share without giving away too much plot? Yes, um, it, it, the, the, um, the character 
uh, um, Simon Jensen, who is the the character who carries all this guilt all the way through, he believes there is a witness, and he believes to his crime, to his uh, mistake, and he believes he is being blackmailed. Um, there is a mysterious stranger, a person who was under his uh, in his battalion called Smith, who is looking for him years afterwards and he sees this person as being a huge threat to him uh, the idea of blackmail is again i don't want to give too much away but everything that simon thinks about the events around him is unreliable um, and this is a part of course partly the plot because we're in his head a lot of the time but he, we don't necessarily, but he's burdened so much by guilt, so much tormented by uh, things he can't cope with about things he's done himself, that um, his entire world is distorted. So he will see someone and have an outrageous hatred for them. Um, but we don't know whether that's justified or not. So, so you'd have to, you would have to um, look at it from his point of view, and there might be some surprises. Sounds good. Um, so, now this is, you know, you've written multiple historical books, uh, but of course, every book and every publication process is different. Is there anything um, kind of special or unique about this book and your experience as a writer? Um, well, one thing about this book is um, it's the publicity the first the first time around um, was based around um, the commemorations events November the 11th and so on um, so it, it was you know that that was interesting it was interesting to be around a, a, a events and and for to have written a book which you know, was at least partly questioning the nature of commemoration while commemoration is going on was, uh, you know, it was a little bit, um, it was a little bit um, tricky from a, from a writer's point of view. So um, it, it, it was, it was all, it was all very good. The book did quite well. Um, but at the same time, you're not always completely comfortable with, the way it's um, yeah, with the um, the angle that you have to present because of the 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 element of commemoration. I and mean, one thing that people tend not to say during a commemoration series of commemoration events is they tend not to come right out and say they're anti-war or they feel the war was a terrible thing because the danger is that people get offended because they have lost loved ones in war and they don't want to think that it was for nothing. Um, so that in itself is, that in itself is um, something that requires a lot of forethought. All right. Um, well, uh, again, thank you for coming on the show. Is there, um, if you've written multiple books, is there anything new that you're working on that you'd like to, or just put out, you'd like to share with the listeners? Well, um, 
Let me think. Yeah, well, there's all kinds of. Um, <laughs> I'm always working on something new, <laughs> um, but um, I'm, <laughs> I'm probably not ready to talk about the the new stuff. Um, uh, uh, there's. Um, yeah, no, there's 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 a whole lot new, and one, you know, the first world war is not is not. Um, I think I only wrote I only wrote one book about the first world war. Um, I've written a lot about the fifteen sixteen hundreds too, uh, which is for some reason or another, I'm not even quite sure why. That's a an, an era that particularly interests me because it's the era of um, um, colonial. Um, colonization and uh, us making sense of the fact that we think originally when we pre the pre the colonial period we believed there was one way of looking at the world and then we see that other societies live differently and so we start to question issues of um, uh, being one universal truth and a universal morality um, so I wrote maybe th three books basically on that subject, Eastern, Eastern's Gold, which are pirate books, and a book called Nagira, which is about uh, kind of a goddess figure in um, the New World, um, from uh, believed to be from Ireland, kind of a, uh, believed to be the, um, the, uh, the matriarch of certain part of Eastern part of Canada of what is now Canada, um, because she was the first woman believed to have given birth in Eastern Canada uh, and to raise, raised a family. So there's a lot of folklore about her. Um, but uh, no, I, well, thank you. I'm delighted to be on the show and um, that's good. No, well, thank you again. And um, thanks for being so understanding about the audio issues yesterday. No um, problem. So uh, where best can listeners um, find out more about you and your books? Oh, uh, well, I have a, a website, uh, Paul, paulbutlernovelist.wordpress.com. So you find out, uh, you should get all the information from there gathered, and then there'll be links to, to other sites, Amazon and my publishers and various things like that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again, um, and I will let you know when this recording is edited and when the audio uh, podcast comes out, which will probably be um, sometime earlier, mid-October, because we've recorded right. quite a bit this, this summer. Well, let me know, Connie, and I would put it on my website and uh, make, sure that, uh, make sure that it goes out in the information I send out, too. Oh, great. And hopefully, you'll gather some... Uh, gather some uh, devotees because a lot of the people I work with um, I, I do a lot of editing I know you do but a lot of people I work with work in on historical novels so they would be interested to in your site yeah well hopefully um, we can both get a little a little new followers from from this so thank you cool. again well thanks Connie nice nice talking to you yeah nice talking to you too cheers bye Bye. Thanks again for listening to the 100 Centuries, the History Conversations podcast. You can find us at 100centuries.com. That's 100 spelled out, not the numbers. Thanks again to Paul for being on the podcast. We really appreciated the interview. Um, just a quick reminder, um, as I'm recording this, Stephen and I are still waiting for our little baby to arrive. 
but um, he will have made his appearance by the time this podcast releases. So um, though we really appreciate your feedback and contacts, um, if you try to get in touch with us, we might be a little bit slow to respond because we're going to have a brand new baby and be super busy. Um, but we would love to hear from you, even though we're going to be kind of poor correspondents for a little while. So this is 100 Centuries signing off. See you next time. <laughs>